Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. My thought was to wait a few weeks until the holidays get closer. We're into the first full week of November. But then I realized plans are being made now for the holidays. So this really needs to be talked about sooner than later. Plus, as it happens every year, even back in October, many stores already have their fall items on clearance and they're filling their shelves with Christmas stuff. And this can make us feel like the holiday season is the entire last three months of the year instead of only the last six weeks. Many of us would love it if we could just sleep through it all and wake up in January. Wouldn't that be great? Well, I'm going to break this up into two parts. This first week, I'm going to just share my heart on this subject, along with some ideas that you can do to pamper and take care of yourself during the tough holiday season. And then next week, I'm going to answer questions that get sent to me about the holiday season, along with giving you some specific things you can do to help ease through it a bit with your family and friends. All I really remember those first couple of holiday seasons after our daughter Becca died is it was basically just a blur of deep suffocating pain. And even though the worst of that darkness has passed, it always amazes me how some holiday memories can make me smile. Other days they bring tears. It can be just moments here and there. It can be for several days or sometimes the entire season can still turn me inside out in pain with how much I miss my daughter. And I have learned that it's okay. It's okay to be smiling one moment and crying the next. It's okay to be able to go to one event but not go to the next event. It's okay to want to talk about my child with someone who misses her. And it's okay to not want to talk about my child right now to anyone. It's okay to fall apart and be a mess because something triggered a wave of grief. And it's okay to have it hit with no explanation. It's okay to finally have a burst of energy one day and the next day not even get out of bed. It's okay to not be okay. And let me say that again, especially as a bereaved parent in the holiday season. It's okay not to be okay. And to me, that's encouraging. Maybe not to those who've never faced deep loss like ours, but if you're anything like me, this was a relief when I found out it's not only okay to be like this, but it's normal. And it gave me so much hope to know that there are bereaved parents out there who are further down the road than I am. They've been doing this a lot longer than I have, and they seem to have figured out how to live without their child, but they were once in that same not okay place that I still find myself in at times. People around us who've never lost a child will say that time heals, which is why they think we should be over the death of our child after a year or two. And as a bereaved parent who's now been on this journey for over eight years and who knows others who've been on this journey for over 30 years, I don't believe that. I believe it's what we do with our time that brings a measure of healing to our shattered hearts. It's a chain reaction of where we allow and train our thoughts to go, which affects the choices we make, which affects what we do with our time, which brings a measure of needed healing. But just like an amputation 
or a, a surgery, you're always going to bear the scar of that. There's only a limited amount of healing that's going to happen with us as bereaved parents. You know, the end of the year holidays can leave anyone frazzled, but they can be outright brutal when dealing with the deep grief of the death of our child at the same time. And believe it or not, there are things that you can do to help ease the pain and bring in a glimmer of light here and there into your place of darkness this time of year. I like to think of them as gifts you can give to yourself. And I'm going to share seven of those things with you right now. The first one is listening to music. God created music to be a pathway to our souls. And of course, we have an enemy who's very good at using music to affect us in a negative way. After all, God did create him to be the angel of worship. It says, I believe it's in Ezekiel. So Satan is very aware. Lucifer, the angel, before he was cast out of heaven, is very aware of how music affects us. Music can either pull us up or make us sink low. And if we're honest with ourselves, some of us will sometimes purposely choose music that will take us further down the path of depression because we're kind of in a place of feeling sorry for ourselves. So if you're weary and you need some energy and you're in that kind of dark place, put on music. Maybe it's music that makes your toes want to tap, even if it's just on the inside. Or... Maybe putting on music that will draw you out of the darkness. It might be instrumental music. It might be songs of hope specifically or songs about heaven that make us think about where our kids are and how awesome it is there. You know what kind of songs are the pathway to your soul that will lift you up and give you the needed healing balm for your soul. So when the house is either empty or quiet for the night, grab your favorite warm beverage, sit in a comfy chair, Put on the music and just let it wash over you. And when you don't feel like it is usually when you need to do it the most. So just go for it. What have you got to lose? The next one I want to talk about is something that is really simple, but it's really important. And that's water. Drinking water. I'm not going to say a whole lot about this, except to remind you that we don't realize how dehydrated we get especially when we cry a lot. We're leaking out a lot of extra water, right? And it wreaks havoc on our bodies and our emotions. Just some of the symptoms of being dehydrated are headaches, low energy, lack of focus, poor digestion, mood swings, muscle fatigue. That sounds like grief, doesn't it? But it's also symptoms of dehydration and dizziness, actually, which is a symptom that I have definitely experienced since Becca died. And I was really thankful to find out that it was just a dehydration issue. I would get up at night and stumble, like almost fall down. I was so dizzy. So make sure you're drinking enough water. And especially this time of year, because we tend to drink more of other beverages like eggnog, maybe extra soda, a little extra wine because of the social atmosphere and things that are going on. And that causes us to drink even less water than normal. So here's a thought. Fill up four water bottles first thing in the morning. Make sure you keep one with you all the time and sip on it throughout the day. And if you drink all four water bottles by the end of the day, you're going to find yourself starting to feel much better. It truly is amazing how getting more water into our bodies will affect us. Number three is cutting out activities. There are some things we think we need to do that we really don't. And if you're continuing something because you're either being pressured 
or you're concerned of what other people will think if you don't participate. I've done this every year. What are people going to think if I don't do it this year? That is the wrong reason to keep doing it, and I mean it. That includes things like even Sunday night or midweek church services. And yes, I said it. If these things are draining you right now and you dread going, don't let people guilt you into it. And don't guilt yourself into it. And let me also say that the unsolicited opinions of others who have never grieved the death of their child just don't matter. It just doesn't matter at this point. If you are grieving, you're in recovery. And quite often, recovery means staying home and taking care of yourself. It's okay. And I give you full permission. Don't continue doing things that take up time and energy that you just don't have right now. Number four is to treat yourself. I don't mean to an extra cookie or a glass of eggnog, although I'm guilty. (laughs) I mean something that makes you feel pampered and relaxed, like going out for a massage or a pedicure or going to a professional Christmas concert or a show like the Nutcracker. Taking some time to treat ourselves triggers a message in our brains that we are valuable and allows us to enjoy ourselves, even if it's just for a couple of hours. This self-care can go a long way in helping us through some of the darker moments of the season. And here's a tip. If you don't have the finances to treat yourself in this way, when someone asks you what you want for Christmas, let them know how much you want an early gift of a massage or a pedicure or tickets to this show to help you make it through to December 25th. And I'm going to throw this in as an extra. In talking about triggering our brain, it reminded me of something that Dr. Gloria Horsley of Open to Hope shared with me once. And she said that the muscles that are used to smile releases some sort of a feel-good endorphin in our brain, and it doesn't matter if we're smiling because we're happy because it's based on the muscles. So get a pencil and lay it in your mouth across your teeth or your lips for a while because it forces your mouth to use your smiling muscles, which will trick your brain into releasing those chemicals that make us feel a little bit better emotionally. Interesting, huh? It works. I've done it. I forgot about it for a while, so I'm glad I had that reminder. Number five, take a warm bath. Oh, let me rephrase that. Soak in a hot bath with Epsom salts, burning aromatherapy candles, and playing soft music. That's a lot better, right, than just take a warm bath. You may tell yourself that you don't have time to do something like that or that it isn't worth the time and the energy to go to all that trouble. And I know because I talked myself out of it way too many times. And actually now I can't do it because we only have a shower in the mobile. But this is something that can be pushed from the luxury column to the necessity column in your life because it affects so many areas when we're overmaxed and overstressed. And what a way to end your day. Just thinking about it makes me feel a little more relaxed. And if you need to, plan this a few days ahead. Let your family know, Saturday night or Tuesday night or whenever, I am going to shut myself in the bathroom and I'm going to be in there for two hours while I take a nice warm bath and take care of myself and pamper myself. The anticipation will make it all the more wonderful when you finally get to climb in. Number six, how about buying a special notebook and writing to your child over the holidays? Describe holiday scenes to them. Share with him or her events you attended. Let them know how much you miss them. Pretend like you're writing them a letter because they're out of the country. What would you share with him? How would you describe things you see or hear to her? What song made you think of them? Did you still put up their stocking? 
write whatever you want and whatever you need to write because this is just for you as a way for you to bring your child with you into the holiday season. And yes, there will probably be plenty of tears, but tears are cleansing. And believe it or not, this bittersweet thing will also bring a measure of healing. And number seven, the last one is what I feel is the most important one. And don't tune me out until you hear what I have to say about it. But don't isolate yourself. Isolation is paralyzing, and I understand our need to be alone. I truly do. We need lots and lots of time alone to work through the painful, suffocating darkness and start to figure out who we are now without our child, including deciding if we even want to know. And I still find myself wanting to be alone a whole lot more than I ever did before Becca died. But we still need people. We need people who will hold us up while allowing us to grieve deeply. It took me over two years to connect with other grieving parents. I didn't want to be around a group of people who were a mess like me. And when I finally made myself go to a gathering of grieving moms, I actually discovered the opposite was true, how healing it was to be around a group of people who were a mess like me because they understood, they got it. I didn't have to explain myself or excuse myself for any emotion I was feeling or reacting to, crying, laughing. It was wonderful. We also need people who will help us move forward in a way that's not pushy, but supportive. You know, a lot of times our deepest pain can become our greatest purpose. And being around the right people can give you a new determination to not let your child's death be wasted to let it be a springboard to something that will allow his or her life to affect others in a positive or even life-changing way. That's definitely been the case for me. And if you will allow it, it'll be the same for you. So make sure that you're connected to those who are on this path ahead of you, who can walk with you with support and encouragement. It's going to make such a huge difference, especially during the dreaded holiday season. So now you have a list of seven gifts that you can give to yourself during this holiday season. Pick only one or do them all. Wherever you are in this journey is okay. Only you know what is right and will work for you. And if you're just in survival mode right now, that's okay. I get it. Do what you need to do to get through it. Now, I'm not talking about anything dangerous or harmful to yourself. You know what I'm, I'm saying here. And let me add, don't expect people who have never faced a holiday season with the death of their child to understand what you are going through. Those of us who are bereaved parents ahead of you on the path know that it's okay not to be okay because we're still not okay without our child being here. So now let's go ahead and get on to our birthday segment. This week, we have one birthday to announce. David Shelton was born on November 11th, and he is forever 23. If you would like your child's birthday announced, I would be happy and honored to do that. Go to gpshope.org birthdays, submit the information there, and I will make sure to add your child to the birthday list and share him or her with our listeners. As I said at the beginning, next week I want to answer your questions, especially about this holiday season. And I, I've already had two sent to me 
when I put it out there on our Facebook page. So if you have something that you want talked about with the holiday season or have a question, let me know by emailing me. Just send it to laura, L-A-U-R-A, at gpshope.org. Or I'll put a link in the show notes to take you to that Facebook post where I asked if there was anything someone wanted to talk about on the podcast about holidays and just ask your question or put what you want to talk about in the comments there. If you have not been able to find a group that will help you move forward while allowing you to feel the pain of your loss, you might want to consider participating in the online When Tragedy Strikes Hope and Healing course. It's based on my book, When Tragedy Strikes, Rebuilding Your Life with Hope and Healing After the Death of Your Child. There are three options, and each one is done at your own pace. One is a free mini course with six sessions. One is a full course with seven modules, and each module has three to six sessions, and there is a small registration fee for that one. The third option is the full course, plus a weekly meeting with me online with a small group of other bereaved parents. I'm limiting it to 12, and we'll do this for eight weeks as I personally coach you through the holiday season and into the beginning of the next year, the new year coming up. To find out more about that, you can go to gpshope.org slash WTS course, or I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Some of us are used to hearing, it's not about you, but the truth is, sometimes it is. And only you know what is right for you as a bereaved parent through the holiday season. But whatever you do, or whatever you don't do, remember to hold on Pain eases, there is hope.